Hello storygoers, and welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Cartridge, the video game storytelling podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Penrod. And I'm your other co-host, Ryan Bauer. Ryan, I apologize. I want to apologize to you and all the storygoers. I'm a little sick today, so I'm sorry. Hopefully, it's, I'm trying my best to use that positive energy to push through the congestion to bring, <laughs> to, to bring a normal voice to everybody. So we'll see how that goes today. And a lot has happened in the last month, but before we get yeah. into that, Ryan, how are you, and what have you been playing? I am doing pretty well. Um, enjoying the, the, we're starting to get some warm weather, so I'm enjoying that beautiful weather, and uh, the weekend is always wonderful. Playing not a lot this week, but over the month of April, bits and bobs here and there. Buggos is a random game that I saw a YouTuber playing that I liked. It's a, and I played the entire thing yesterday. Uh, my partner was off painting, and I, like, it was like, it's like a five-hour game, and you just, like, send bugs and attack people and it's fun still working my way through tiny tina i also was very sick in part of april um and i was like home for four days not feeling great and i downloaded forager which is a, a on the switch which i was a kind of fun like almost idle game and then grounded uh throughout the month here and there haven't played recently though and then universal paper clips which is a mobile game or the where you just make paper clips until you eventually consume all matter in the universe and convert it into paper clips it's very fun it's almost like cookie huh. clicker where like so you start off by like hitting a button to buy paper clips then you buy get a machine that auto buys paper clips and auto buys wire and then over time you consume all matter on the earth and then consume all matter in the universe it's very fun and weird i've beat it very niche <laughs> yeah every time you beat it you unlock like an artifact that makes it easier to beat it the next time it's like something i've never been a big mobile game person but it's nice to have something that like oh man i kind of want to play something but i'm already in bed and the switch is downstairs let me just like buy paper clips for a half hour um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's 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 all the things i've been playing um but eric how are you and what have you been playing I'm okay. I'm sick. I after after two and a half years, I think, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Just about. I I finally got COVID. So oh, it was yeah yeah yeah. It was it's hard. I I really took a lot of pride in not having gotten it for so long. It was almost like a record for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, but unfortunately, sometimes you know things happen and and you get sick and so I'm just getting through that. I've had a lot of like sick soup. These last two days, which is always great, which it probably means nothing to anybody, but it's fantastic. It's just literally just broth and noodles, but man, it just hits the spot sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I a lot has happened, but we'll we'll kind of get into that to, as an explanation of where we've been last month. But uh, for what I've been playing, actually, I haven't played a whole lot. It's been a crazy uh, past month, but I have just started yesterday playing Tunic, and I played for about an hour, and I really liked it a lot. It's really cute, a lot of fun. I love. The instructional booklet, like design of it, is so cool. I love it. Um, so I'm very excited to see where that goes. I'm, I I hope I'm hoping that's a smaller, uh, smaller game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, sorry, it wasn't on my okay. list, but I, I played it this month as well, and I think you're really gonna like it. But it is a smaller experience. Yeah, I kind of want that honestly. I kind of yeah. need that smaller experience that's just cute and fun. And it seems like it can be a challenge though. Yeah. Trying to dodge and yeah, so I'm I'm very excited. And it kind of scratches that Zelda itch, mm-hmm. obviously. It's very Zelda influenced. Like it's just which is great. It's just really cool. So yeah, I love it. I can't wait to play more. 
But Ryan, we've been gone for about a month now, and I I would like to say, I know you probably won't agree with me, but I would like to take the brunt of that blame. <laughs> yeah, I don't agree, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel, yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot a lot happened over the last month. You know, I started starting a new job. I was trying to transition out of my old job. It was a lot of stress. Um, so that kind of kicked off our missing uh, a few episodes. And then from there, you know, it just, every, it, it was just... A lot of things going on that just made it hard. And we could have done better being transparent about that on, on social media. But at the same time, it was just really hard to keep up. So it's I, I felt, and tell me what you think, Ryan, it was better to just kind of drop the expectation, uh, you know, and kind of just focus on ourselves. So granted, I'm sick right now, which sucks, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> counterintuitive. But whatever. I also really miss recording these episodes. So yeah. Um, but hopefully this isn't too bad to listen to. But we're hopefully back on track. Fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> in my spare time, I'm trying to write. Now that I'm at a new job, it's just my new job. I'm working a lot less hours. I'm trying to use that time to write stories and, and take my time with it. So I'm hoping that'll be helpful moving forward. So, yeah. As always, Storygoers, we hope you enjoyed our last episode in our DLC, our last DLC episode, which is our picnic <laughs> Dilemma, which yeah. is awesome. I can't That's wait to do another fun. one of those. Mm-hmm. Such a good story. It was such a good uh, DLC episode. It was a lot of fun. That's something I don't think anyone else has done on a podcast. I mean, I, I'd be really surprised if anyone else is weird enough to pick that. Mm-hmm. But you never know. Um, but of course, Storygoers, if you would like to send your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives to us, you can send them to our Gmail account at talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter, even though we don't use Twitter as much as we probably should. Um, Sorry, Elon. I don't really care about you. Uh, And uh, we will happily read those perspectives on the show. You'll also earn yourself a cool Tales from the Cartridge sticker if you're interested in that, which is super cool. You can put on all your favorite things. Put on your water bottles, your computers, your kids, anything you want it. Just put the Tales from the Cartridge sticker on it. It's great. Very strong adhesive. It'll stick to anything. Anything, anything. <laughs> Your kids will try to pull it off. Impossible. You're branded forever, kid. Hope you like the podcast. It's not. It's awkward. So, <laughs> well, Ryan, we have a fun episode, a fun DLC episode yeah. to get us back in the groove of things. You want to tell the story, girls, what today's episode's all about? Yeah, this episode is all about pets. Pets and games. The best Ooh. pets and games, both mechanically and narratively. And we'll probably talk a little bit about why it's important that pets are in games and why we love them. Um, and yeah, it's all about pets. Um, we've been wanting to do this episode for a while, and we've finally decided uh, to jump in and, and give it a go. So we have a, uh, a we each have three animals that we've brought, three pets from different games. Um, un, un, unknowns to us, we picked like three very similar pets, um, yep. three similar categories. <laughs> so that'll be really fun to compare and contrast those things, because I think in some games they serve the same purpose, and some games they serve a completely different purpose. So I think that'll be really so cool true. to to check out. So uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're talking all about those good good pets. And Eric and I are both ourselves pet havers and pet lovers. So I think it's a good, it's yes. a good, a good topic. One hundred percent. Yes. Like that's. I think it's, I think it's one of the best things about video games is that. It helps you to connect with things that you never would actually have connected with in the real world, in, in a sense. Like, for someone who may not think they love horses, you know, th- they can connect with the idea of what a horse is. Besides having to go out and actually ride one. Because I, I myself am terrified of horses in the real world, but <laughs> there are plenty of video games horses that I would say I, I, I love. You know, like, they're great. They're fantastic. Yeah. Which may sound really lame in retrospect, but I don't care. I'm sick. You can't judge me for anything I say right now. So, I have a, <laughs> a brain fog or whatever it's called. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that um, this is going to be a really fun topic to get us back into the group of things. And I think that everyone can relate in a sense. Even if you don't like a specific animal, you know, Ryan's right. We kind of both picked three different kinds of animals, ironically enough, that hopefully we kind of hit that that niche for you and that, you know, something for everybody. Relatability. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, would you like to start us off? Yeah, I would love to. Um, so my first pet is kind of an obvious one. Um, I think all of mine are actually kind of obvious ones, but that's okay. <laughs> um, dog meat from Fallout 4. Was it Fallout 4 that had dog meat? I think it was. Yes. Um, yeah, Fallout, yeah, 4. Fallout yep. 4. Which I remember um, when they were first marketing that game, the fact that dog meat was in it was a huge part of it. And it's one of the very first um, like dog, specifically dog companions in a game that felt like really core to the mechanics of the game. You could have builds, and my very first build was all about like my the dog. Like there's a man's best friend perk that you could take to make the dog stronger, um, and you could do a lot with it. And then also on top of that, I think we're gonna see this kind of throughout. I think all of these pets is fallout itself that world that you're in is kind of dark and grim and miserable intentionally so and having this one being with you who will fight anyone for you and will be happy just to have you talk to them and pet them and will go off and find things and bring them back to you that companion made you made that experience better and you were closer to that companion because of the world around you is so dark and grim where you anyone you know you'd walk into a place and everyone's trying to you know steal from you or kill you you have this pet who, no matter what, is gonna gonna help you out. It's kind of like amplifying what a dog does normally, because obviously this is a, a more intense situation. Um, so yeah, I think dog meat is a great example of how pets in games can both narratively be really helpful for characterization and mechanically can be very fun. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm sorry, I had a, I had an epiphany of another character I could have used, but I'm gonna stick to our our okay. what we have going on. Okay, but going back to what you were saying. Dogmeat was one of those characters where, like, I remember when, when Fallout 4 was announced, and I was really excited for it because I loved Fallout 3. It was, you know, I mean, everybody loved Fallout 3 when it first came out. It was huge. Um, but, you know, my first fear was, like, oh, my God, can Dogmeat die? Like, because I can't, I can't play dog meat, with Dogmeat if he can die. That would be huge. Bummer. And, I mean, and granted, he, I, he can't die. At least I'm, if I'm remembering He correctly. goes down, well, and then he just gets back up. Yeah. Right. Um but like, it's just so cool that you didn't have to deal with... Because there's so many characters, in, especially in Fallout, where they're just kind of annoying. Like, you don't want a companion. It's like, oh, I'd rather just do this on my own, not to deal with this. But Dogmeat was the special exception. Like, I would always take Dogmeat. He's an easy companion to have. Never annoying. Like, he was just there and reliable. And, like, it's just so good. I love Dogmeat. I think one of the best parts of Fallout 4... I, never, I didn't really connect to Fallout 4 too much. I beat it. But I didn't love it. But Dobby was definitely my one of my favorite parts of that game, for sure. Yeah. All right. So going off on the dog route for me, uh, <laughs> I actually play, I actually played this for about a half hour yesterday, waiting for Tunic to finish. Um, but I'm referencing the game Hades, a fantastic game, because it it uh, has a fantastic dog that we all know and love. If you play the game, and that's Cerberus. Cerberus is just such a good dog in that game. Let's be real here. Three heads. It's better than one. He's kind. He's loving. I love that. I love that for Cerberus. Like, I remember... So, spoiler alert. We should probably have done a spoiler alert in the beginning of this, but there's going to be spoilers for these games. Uh, so, just heads up. But if you haven't played Hades, skip ahead. Um, but I remember getting to the last stage of Hades. Actually, Ryan, have you played Hades? I forget. Yeah. Oh, a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah I yeah, thought yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Get to that last, like... Uh, 
like set of stages, like the the fourth world, mm-hmm. where Cerberus guards the door. And I remember thinking to myself, "Oh my god, they're gonna make me fight Cerberus! Like this sucks!" Like <laughs> I love Cerberus, but then come to find that you're just you're just finding him this awful sack of food to eat, of meat to eat for him to move out of your way, and like what a relief it was, like. As you like, as much as you barely interact with Cerberus, or like you really choose how much you want to interact with Cerberus, like it's the fact that this dog, who, at least from your initial like interaction with him, kind of the narrator states like really cares about Zagreus and has a lot of mixed emotions on Zagreus leaving, and you, t- you hear Zagreus being like, "Oh, I want, I would take you if I could, boy. You know I would," you know, so you know they have a deep bond. So it was that sense of relief that came to me at least that like, oh my god, thank God I don't have to fight Cerberus. That would have been a huge bummer, like just an absolute bummer. That would have sucked. Um, He's just such a good boy. Like he's such a good boy, and he cares so much. And I love that. I love that every character. It seems like not every character, but a lot of the characters in the game make references to Cerberus and how good of a boy he is. And I think that's such a that's such a cool thing. I love it. Yeah, it's such a wholesome experience. I mean, and like every interaction in that game is really wonderful. But then you have this this really wonderful, which again is like this this subverting expectations of what's cool about Hades and one of the cool things it's doing. Is that it's it's relying it's pulling on our, our our knowledge of Greek mythology as Cerberus is a scary guardian of the underworld, but to like to Zagreus and to this family he's just their pet who everybody loves and cares for, and I'm sure he can be vicious and dangerous. We don't ever see that side of him, but characters do reference being scared of him, and it, it's such a cool um, subverting our expectations and just allowing us to interact and engage with this this incredible being in mythology but in a, in a really interesting and, and wonderful way and you can like spend in-game currency to buy him better beds and better toys yeah and of yeah. course you're going to because it's it's so worth it um but yeah it's really wonderful oh so hades is a special game i was for that half hour I was playing yesterday I was like this i could just totally see myself just throwing everything away and playing hades again because it is such a special game so good uh, Ryan, what is your next pet? Yeah, uh, my next pet is a Roach from Witcher Three in our in our horse series. Um, so one of the reasons I love Roach, there are a lot of really great horses in games, and I think Eric has one as well that is really special to him. There are a lot of really great horses in games. Um, the reason I love Roach is Geralt is such like a gruff, like short, you know, angry, stoic character. And Roach provides this like really good humanization of Geralt because Geralt cares for Roach and takes care of Roach, and like as they're riding these places, is like constantly talking to Roach, or when there's monsters around, he tries to calm them down, and like they have this really incredible relationship that is really important to that world and helps humanize Geralt in some really great ways. And then mechanically, The Witcher Three, which is the game where I, I kind of I most connect Roach with, is this like massive world with tons to see and do. And the only way you can feasibly get to all these things is to take Roach there and have Roach be part of that experience. Or it's really you're really connecting with Roach as like as part of that journey because there's so many things when you're exploring the world of Witcher Three that you're running into or being attacked by or engaging with. And Roach is how you get to all these places. So mechanically, you connect with Roach. Um, anytime you want to go somewhere, you call, Roach appears, and then you go off. Um, but at the same time, narratively, you know Geralt cares a lot for Roach. And it really helps kind of show that Geralt can care for things and wants to take care of, of other beings in a way that you don't really see um, until like later um, with Ciri and Yennefer and, and Triss and all those types of things. But yeah, I, I like Roach a whole lot. Um, and of course, the internet like exploded with memes of Roach like standing on buildings and doing all kinds of weird stuff that was very fun as well. That's awesome. 
I think what's great about Roach is that it offers Geralt, and I think you may have just said this sorry, so I apologize if I'm already, if I'm reinstating what you're saying, but um, I love that Geralt can be himself with Roach. He, he, I think Geralt struggles with the idea that he's half of a, this monster that people can't accept him, but Roach always accepts Geralt. Geralt could just be himself with Roach. And granted, Roach may not understand anything that Geralt is saying, but Geralt does trust in and get a lot of support from Roach. He is a loyal companion to him. And you, and you can feel that and that dynamic and how important that is to Geralt. And who, and again, humanizes this witcher whom everybody feels is a monster. So, yeah. Roach is, and what a cool name. Like, yeah. you would think that's an awful name, but I love I love the name Roach for him. He's just so cool. I love it. Actually, is Roach? Is Roach a female? No, I don't know. Hold on. I have no idea. Hold on, everybody. Female in games. and oh, So, and male in Witcher 3. Oh. Only. <laughs> Only, okay. Traditionally a female, in this one specific situation, a male. Huh. I wonder why they went with that approach. I don't know. That's interesting. All right. Well, now we know. I mean, I guess we're referring to the male version, right? Because we're talking about The Witcher Three. Yeah, so, I guess that's my main interaction with. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure. I, I'm. Surf- I wonder why CD Projekt Red went with that decision. That's that's interesting. They had already had the voice actor say use male pronouns for all of the voice acting and they didn't want to do yeah. that maybe who knows they were recording like oh wait crap he said he the whole time all right well <laughs> you know what you need to do in the same vein as roach right for my horse <laughs> that i've picked this today easy one everyone already sees it coming i'm sure if you listen to tales you know epona is a hands down classic video game horse like it just epona was like the first so if you don't know, Epona is from is the horse from the Legend of Zelda that Link rides. Um, Epona is like the first horse that like I ever like rode in a video game. Like I played like you know Mario Kart and uh, Diddy Kong Racing, and those are like racing games. They're fine, but there's something about being on Epona and and just riding through Hyrule and how satisfying that was. Like you didn't have to you didn't have to spin or you didn't have to roll across Hyrule like a freak in order to get there faster. You know what I mean? Even though I don't think you actually were faster, I think it was what it came down to. But, you know, with the opponent, it gave you this access to this this freedom as adult length that you can gain from riding throughout Hyrule. And, and spoiler alert again for this amazing game for Ocarina of Time, you know, when you get Epona, you're essentially locked out of, you're, you're locked in uh, Lon Lon Ranch and told you can't leave. So Link just jumps the fence with Epona and escapes. And there's just kind of this grand, like, connection. Like, no one else, and they mention it in-game, no one else has connected with Epona. Epona's always rejected all of the riders, but until Link comes, and, and it's an instant bond. So, like, it's almost like Link was always destined to be with Epona, and it's just, it's just really cool. And I love that, like, they take that dynamic, they take that relationship, and then they, they use it in an amazing way in Majora's Mask. And I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but like in the beginning of the game, again, spoilers for Majora's Mask, when you essentially fall into this great pit that takes you to Termina, the setting of the game, the Skull Kid makes mention and says, quote, uh, don't worry, I did you a favor and got rid of it. It being Epona, which causes you to be like, what? Like, you just killed my horse? Like, it makes you like really worry about this horse that you've, you've had this connection with since the last game. And it's... and. Between Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, it came out a year apart. So this relationship's pretty, like... 
I mean, call it what it is, but like it's kind of fresh still, right? So like you still care about this 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 animal that you essentially were riding in the past game just a year ago. Um, but then of course, again, they do a great job at setting up that you find Epona later on in Majora's Mask, safe and sound at Lawn Ranch, you know, which begs the question why the Skull Kid say it. It's a whole thing that like is never really explained very well. Like, you know, I, I don't know if it's, it, yeah, it's a whole thing. But regardless, they did a great job trying to like kind of set the tone for the game and be like, I got rid of your horse. And it's like, wow, dude, this just feels awful. And then you get transformed into a Deku scrub. And it's like, this is just getting, you know, it really sets you in this kind of pit of despair that you have to climb out of until the end of the game. So really cool. Epona's fantastic. I just, one of those video game horses that like you could just always like, you always just like know that it was one of your favorites growing up as a kid. So a lot of nostalgia there. I rambled a whole lot. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, I think what's great about Epona, and I think speaks to the Legend of Zelda games themselves, because they were like, again, memory, they were like the first real like open world experiences where you could go to these places, and probably one of the first games where then like walking didn't make sense, like mechanically walking from Hyrule Castle to other places was long and not fun, and they solved that by adding a horse companion in a way that both like narratively is interesting but mechanically like it's it's not fun i mean it is fun but it's less fun to like slowly move from place to place you're losing a lot of time um versus riding a horse which like you said feels freeing and powerful and different and exciting in a way that is is really cool so i think certainly if not the first um one of the first like companion like horse creatures you could ride in a video game and, and had a big impact i think on a lot of folks yeah and, and i honestly think i would say that and I could be totally wrong here, but I would fe- I would want to bet that Ocarina of Time was really the first that did that, you know. And look how look how far that's that's gone. Like view game riding, or I mean, I'm sorry, uh, horseback riding in video games is huge now. It's in, in so many games, and I would like to think that Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time really would, deserves the credit in kind of setting the bar. I mean, just look at it in Breath of the Wild and how much better it's gotten there. Like it's just a lot of fun to like it just how they've incorporated into games and, and just improved upon it every time and just different creatures now and different, like, it's just, it's just really cool. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's just crazy how far things have come. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. even like the biggest release of this year, Elden Ring, one of the core features of that game that everyone loves is that you can summon a horse anytime you want, because that wasn't in the older games and that changes that game so much. And it's because like you have an open world, you have to move around faster what makes sense a horse because that's what you know traditionally people have used um and that horse people like love and care about and and is important to the game um but again i think that you could draw a line directly to ocarina time um from that yeah it's so cool it's really cool not to go off on a tangent i was gonna ask you about this ryan totally off topic really fast until we get to our last uh, have you heard about so neither of us have played elden ring nope. right <laughs> right have you have you heard about this this person is on this person online mm-hmm. called let me solo her have you heard about this person no i haven't so spoiler alert for elden ring uh just in case you want any information so the the, the i don't know really anything about the game but i know the last boss in the game is, is a female i think her name is like melina maybe or something like that something with an m and she's very, very hard. And there's a person online that his new name is Let Me Solo Her, who is has a pot on his head, two like katanas, oh, and just naked. Yeah. <laughs> and he will just people will just ask him to join their game and he will just solo the the boss for them. <laughs> and like there's been memes and like yeah. just so many things have come out. Like, people have made like um 3D figures of him or them, I mean. Um it's just been so funny. And like 
it makes me I I don't I don't like Souls games essentially. I tried Sekiro and I just did awful. I ended up not beating it. It, it felt like a not a stain on my, my tally of video games, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> yeah. but when I read that, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna play Elden Ring so bad now because that's just so funny. How how funny that is and how deep everyone loves this game. Everyone's calling it a game of the year. Anyway, not to go off on a whole tangent. I just thought it was so funny. That's I don't know if you heard fun. about this or not, but <laughs> no, I, the memes I are I everywhere. I think I've seen some memes about it and didn't make the connection. I don't know where. I, I think I've seen the person with the pot on the head and two swords and something. I don't know where I saw it, but I there, that image is is familiar but i don't remember where it was or what it was referencing and now i do so thank you for sharing <laughs> oh yeah i just think yeah. i just for a game i don't play i just thought yeah. it was so funny it's this this person just takes time out of their day to help other people by soloing this last boss that's yeah. just hilarious to me it's very good yeah anyway enough with that we gotta get back yeah. to the pets that's uh, eric we've covered dogs <coughs> we've covered horses yes. what pet is left Birds, what? of course. Birds, yes. <laughs> yeah, 100% no, birds, yes. There's nothing we're missing. There's no animal yeah. we're leaving out here. We've got them all. Dogs, horses, birds. That's it. Yeah, um, 100%. <laughs> 100%. You thought we were going to do Yoshi, you were wrong. You thought we were going to do some kind of Pokemon, you're wrong. We're nope. going birds. Birds. Everybody loves birds. Um, Everybody so loves birds. My bird pet is a group of three. They're all kind of the same they serve the same purpose, um, although narratively they're different. I'll probably speak on on one more than the other two, but just to cover all my bases. We have Sinan, Icaros, and Senu from the Assassin's Creed games. So you have in Origins, you have Senu, Icaros in Odyssey, and then um, Sinan in Valhalla. These are the three bird companions. Senu, I do not know it. I want to say Senu is a kind of eagle. Icaros is a golden eagle, and Sinan is a crow or a raven. Um, these are your three bird companions in these games. Similar to all the other um, animal companions we've talked about, they help humanize and give someone to talk to with throughout these games. They're these these specifically Sinan is the one I'm most familiar with as I've played the most recently in Valhalla. Eivor is constantly talking to Sinan. Um, Sinan provides a lot of help mechanically by flying over areas and you can see things. Sinan isn't as useful as Icarus. In in, in Odyssey, Icarus could like, was like a drone effectively and could identify every single enemy on the map and ping them all at once. So you, like before you went into a fortress, you would know where every single enemy is and you could just go in. Sinan can kind of do it, but it's not as intense where like in in Odyssey, you saw the red outline and you can see through walls. And with Sinan's, there's just like a marking, um, which some people didn't like, but I thought like, I think Icarus made the game very, very easy. And I think it was a good change. And then from a narrative standpoint, all of these birds are very important to these characters um, and important to the lore of the of the game where, where as an eagle, um, eagles are very important to the Assassin's Creed games um, for a lot of different reasons, and they've been that that language has been used throughout them. Um, Sinan as a raven, there's been multiple times as you're playing that game where people will kind of be put off by you or not interested in you, and then Sinan comes down and like woos them or wins them over just by the fact that you have this like incredible bird that you're friendly to. So like there are these druids you meet who are like you know you can't come in, we're not interested in seeing you. Sinan arrives like oh you have an animal companion, you must have a connection to nature. Please let's 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 talk more about it. And then there are other things where Sinan is just really important as a character to Eivor, um, and is constantly in the world and catching animals and catching bugs and catching all kinds of creatures to help you craft things. Um, all three of these companions um, serve a really important purpose, is for mechanically, narratively. It's it's Senu. I don't think was narr- as narratively important as Sinan is, um, just because. 
for narrative reasons I don't want to spoil, Sinan is an important companion as a raven, um, f- connected to Eivor and Eivor's story, and a really in, a, in giving away some things that if you had the information would make a lot of sense. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but um, there is there's a really important connection there that is rooted in mythology and lore. That's really cool. Um, and, and there's a, there's a, a reason why you have Sinan, and there's a reason why Sinan is as connected to you as they are. Um, that's really cool and interesting, and, um, helps, helps kind of bring everything together in a really cool way. Um, yeah, really great birds. Three great birds do a lot of cool things. They kill stuff, they find stuff, and they help you a whole bunch. They're really great. Birds are great. Flapping away. Flapping so away. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, speaking of birds, Ryan, I'm ready to tell you what my bird I just picked. I can't wait to hear Told- the <laughs> I totally forgot about this bird. I don't know if you can really call it a bird. It's more of a monster, but whatever. Um, it has wings. But the the one I picked was Bloodwing from the Borderlands series. And it kind of goes back to the Ipana thing. You know, in Borderlands 1, Bloodwing was Mordecai's, like, right-hand man, essentially, right? Um, you know, you had this connection with it. It fought for you. You know, it would do attacks for you. So you can kind of, like, you felt like you had this really, like, supportive pet right and so that was like really cool and mordecai i think was one of the most popular ones in borderland one borderlands one if i remember correctly or at least that's what i thought um but then in borderlands 2 as you're playing different characters you know and you're interested you're introduced again to mordecai and um bloodwing you know bloodwing gets kidnapped by oh spoilers alert by the way kidnapped by handsome jack and then long story short does experiments on it and causes it to lose control and become this like just giant monster trying to kill everybody. And what's even worse is that, like, you hear Mordecai's anger and, and frustration and sadness through the comm link. You know, he's just he's swearing to kill Jack. And he's trying to save Bloodwing, but it's just gone too far. And so, again, kind of like what I said about Epona and Legend of Zelda between Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, you know, in Borderlands 1 and 2, they take this animal, which I think, like, I think if it's a person, it's one thing, but animals, like, there's something about humans where, like, we connect a lot of emotions to animals, so when we lose that animal, it really hurts a lot. And I think Borderlands does a great job of that, where it it took Bloodwing, this cool creature that everybody really, a lot of people really enjoyed playing with in Borderlands 1, and then forced it to, forced you to kill it, right? To essentially kill it, which, one, really motivates the player to want to continue forward and defeat Handsome Jack, and two really sets up Handsome Jack as this awful, vile villain who really has no remorse or empathy towards anybody but himself. Um, so it, it just really... I don't know. It's it's sad. Because it Bloodwing is a really cool character. And like we actually realized before we record this that, that in the series from the lead writer, they confirmed that Bloodwing is a species of... Well, I don't know if it's a bird or not, but um, that shifts genders or sexes, I mean... Uh, halfway through its lifespan so it was a male then converted to a female which then is kind of the silver lining in the game because then i think it gives birth to a new bird that mordecai uses named talon so it's kind of like all comes together full circle but like the game i mean borderlands 2 does a great job kind of really bending your heartstrings a lot in different ways with different characters but i think blowing is that first first hit in the gut where you're like man this is gonna be a this could be a really hard game to play because i love borderlands 1 you know like it's really sad. It's, I think I think Mordecai's screams and cries and pleads really hits at home that this is not going to just be a happy-go-lucky fun time. Yeah, I think any time a game uses your feelings towards the characters against you, um, it, it 
it it makes there be so much it adds so much tension and drama to the experience and it lets you know like we're not going to be playing around like there are stakes here it's important things happen people can die that are important so we have to make sure you're 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 fighting strong you have to make sure you're doing the right thing or else the, the narrative will take you there um it's a little bit strange in games because there is like a linear experience specifically with borderlands there's no way not to experience that but it it adds so much narrative punch to that and it really kind of means that mordecai no matter what is going to try and fight handsome jack is going to sacrifice do whatever he has to do to take down handsome jack because of what happened it's it's very good borderlands 2 i still a game that you know i constantly think about as has such great narrative it's such a good story it hits so many story beats so well um man very good game yeah, I love. Yeah, we should we can totally do a deep dive on Borderlands two sometime because <laughs> yeah. I think that that's a really special game for a whole different set of reasons than any other game. I feel like yeah, like yeah. they yeah that game does such a good job with so many things. But yeah, no Bloodwing, great character, a character you really can fight in because you fight with with him, but then have to fight her. Yeah, I'm saying that right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> later on, it just breaks your heart. Because again, there's a lot of love there between. Bloodwing and Mordecai. So just, yeah, it's, it sucks. But not to leave this off on a, a sad note, you know what I mean? But yeah. we have a lot of good animals here. Actually, so I was, when you were reading off, uh, when we were talking about dog meat earlier, Ryan, I had the thought of the um, uh, Chows in Sonic Adventure Battle 2. Yeah. Did you ever play that? Yeah, yeah, with the Chow Garden. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, with the Chow yeah. Garden. Yep, yep, yep. I had that thought and like, I don't know if I'm uh, storygoers. I would love to hear your perspectives. If we ever do another episode like this, I'm sure I'll bring it up again. But like, I didn't know how to turn them evil besides taking them like a sadistic person and chucking them <laughs> against the wall and just making them really sad. Like, I think that was the only way I knew how to do it. Like, I just didn't know how else to make them evil. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you, did, how did you do it, Ryan? Because I don't know. I do not remember. I do know there is another way because we had, a, I don't know if you remember this, Eric. We had this conversation with um, our friend Jesse of, of our Boulders oh. Gate fame. He had the same issue where he, that's what he thought he had to do. There is yeah. something else you can do. There's something you can give them that makes them evil instead or, or not give them. I have no memory of what it is. But I knew there would do those another way because Jesse, like you, did the exact same thing, which is throwing yep. them against the wall until somebody helped them out and said, hey, there's another way. A friend of ours, uh, or a, a brother of a friend of ours, and also a friend of ours helped help them right now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I feel like I was the best pet owner and the worst pet owner at the same time with that game. So, but anyway. Well, oh. <laughs> excuse me. Well, storygoers, hopefully you are doing well. Um, better than I am right now. Hope you're not sick. <laughs> Yeah. If you are, take care of yourself. If you're not sick, then continue to take care of yourself, please. Um, send us your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives on your favorite pets and video games to cartridge at gmail.com. All the E's are threes. Send us a message on uh, Instagram or Twitter or, or comment on our posts. Let us know what your favorite pet are, pets are, and we will read them on the show. Ryan... I think my throat's going to burst out of my body. <laughs> so I'm going to stop talking now, yeah. but I'm glad you're doing well. Um, and I'm, I'm glad we're kind of getting back in the groove of things again. Yeah, so me too. It's, it's I'm be excited. Back. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Well, thank you, Ryan. Have a good yep. rest of your weekend. Thank you. You too. Yeah. And Storygoers, we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.